Well, we want to uh, welcome all of you who are, this is your first time to Harvest Bible Church. Welcome. I'm Pamela Butler. My husband, Mark Butler, is a senior pastor here at Harvest Bible Church, and we just welcome you. And um, if you would like to connect with us and learn more about Harvest Bible Church, there's a connect card in front of you. And it doesn't mean that you're committed to uh, do anything. It's just if you want more information, just give us your, your name or your email, and we'll be happy to uh, let you know what's happening. A lot of exciting things happen here at Harvest Bible Church. We've got a loving body. I'm so proud of our church. You're such a loving, wonderful, I mean, this is a, a faith-filled, prayer fiery, demon chasing, devil casting outing, you know, I don't know, uh, church and a place of love, a place where you're safe and, um, that you can experience and know God's presence in this crazy world that we're living in. Isn't it nice to come home into the house of God and where there's sane people? <laughs> um, amen. We're sane because of who Jesus is. Amen. We were all just like them at one time, but because of Christ, have a witness in the house because of Christ. Amen. And so welcome. We, I know uh, Leticia, she's going to come share some of the exciting things we have happening this next month because it gets exciting in December. You know me, I love Christmas. I would have more things, but I tried not to book as many things this year so you could actually do things with your family. You know, I was a little nice this year, but, <laughs> but I'll let her share that. But we're going to get prepared to take our morning tithes and offering. And we just want to welcome everybody that's joined us online this morning too. Sweetheart, I'm sure you're watching. Everybody Everybody say, we miss you. We miss you, <laughs> we miss you sweetheart. Oh, I'm over there now. I asked him, I said, where a camera is, am I supposed to look at? He said, follow the bouncing red button. Okay, it's back here again. <laughs> so um, we miss you, sweetheart. And, um, and we're praying for you and all of you that are at home. I know that are, uh, couldn't be here today. We just send love from, from our church to your home. So are you ready to give? I tell you, I love to give. Pastor Mike and I both, um, we love to sow into the kingdom of God. We know who the source of uh, our supply comes from. It doesn't come from our employers. It doesn't come from the government. Hallelujah. Um, God meets and supplies all of our needs. And, um, you know, he's just an amazing God. And so it's such an honor to give into his kingdom. Harvest Bible Church, we have a lot of exciting things we're getting ready to do. Um, oh, Brother Self is in the house. Oh, Brother Self, welcome. He's back from the grave too. Um, oh, well, we're so glad you're here. Oh, amen. Who, who else was dead but you're alive? <laughs> everybody, yeah, amen, everybody. Um, praise God. That is, a, that is a testimony right there. And um, so we're so excited he's here. He's such, I was talking about your round two it's this morning. You know, there's uh, some tracks back there. I've gave my class a, an assignment this coming month to give their round to it. And if you don't know what that is, it's a track. Have you have you got around to it yet? And it gives them the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so um, anyway, that's in the back. But we're so glad you're here, Brother Self. Um, are you ready to give? We got our offering ready. So um, I always forget how to do this part because I'm never really doing this part. But I believe I'm praying for it first because the seed is in my hand. So if you've got your seed, would you? hold it up this morning. If it's your phone, go ahead and hold your phone up. God can bless that thing too. But um, it tells you how to give off. You're going to give online, but we want to declare our seed is blessed this morning. God, we thank you for seeds sown in faith. We don't give grudgingly. We give willingly. I give excitingly. I thank you that you meet and supply all of our needs. God, and I thank you that you not only meet us financially, but our health is uh, is exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think. You're meeting our every need that we have comes. And we acknowledge that by the seed that we're sowing, how good it is to sow into your kingdom because we trust you. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with our bills. We trust you with our family. And so God, we sow this seed in faith this morning. We thank you that it's going to come back, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Amen. All right. I think that's your guys's cue. Come on up. And Miss Leticia, that's your cue. I'm doing pretty good so far. <laughs> good morning. Welcome to Harvest Bible Church. This is Leticia. Uh, my name is Leticia, not this. 
I haven't had all my coffee this morning. <laughs> I know who I am. <laughs> well, we do have lots of exciting things happening this December. Let's make sure I can get all those announcements. <laughs> but first, we have our Christmas dinner this Friday. Yes, it's going to be an exciting time. We are sold out on tickets. Yes, they went fast. It is going to be an exciting time. We have DeVega Brothers catering. We have Christmas carolers coming that evening. So I look forward to that. Thank you to everyone that has signed up to host tables. It is going to be an exciting time. It is at 6.30 this Friday. Uh, Guys, a men's breakfast is this Saturday, and Pat, like always, has an amazing breakfast for you, and he's also hosting an ugly Christmas mug contest. So bring your ugly Christmas mugs. (laughs) Not sweaters, mugs, but you can dress in an ugly Christmas sweater. (laughs) So that is this Saturday at 8 a.m., also, uh, ladies, a 55-plus group, they, uh, Miss Cecilia is planning a Christmas outing to two garden nurseries that are all decked out for Christmas. That would be Tuesday, December 6th. You will meet here at 9.30 that morning. If you have any questions or would like to sign up with Miss Cecilia, she'll be right outside in the lobby after service. And also, ladies, our Christmas breakfast will be Saturday, December 10th. It is going to be a wonderful morning. We will be building gingerbread houses. We will have a catered breakfast. We will also be doing an ornament exchange. So if you can bring a wrapped ornament, limit of $5 with you that morning, we're going to have an exciting time. Tickets are $10, and they will be available after service out in the lobby with me at the desk. Um, But yes, I got through all the announcements. (laughs) It's an exciting time. Yes. Get ready to be blessed this morning. Uh, Junior high and senior and high school, you are dismissed. Amen. (laughs) How how many have made a gingerbread house? (laughs) Yeah. Wait, let me see those hands again. How many have made gingerbread houses? I did my first one last year, and uh, me and Pastor Mark... Um, that's a challenge. That's not as easy as it looks. I, am a Hallmark. Well, I used to, I don't really do Hallmark anymore, but when I was a Hallmark girl, um, they make it look so easy and they come out looking like, you know, condominiums or something. And, uh, when you try to put that, you know, frosting on, I mean, I look, mine look more like Picasso house than it did a gingerbread house. But anyway, well, we're excited this morning to have guest speaker Keith and Heidi Hershey this morning, a longtime friends of, yeah. I asked Pastor Mark how long he'd been friends, and he said since 1983. So, um, yeah, so that's a, that's a nice, strong friendship, and I know they've ministered here um, many times. Uh, have, how many have not heard Keith Hershey before and did not bring Hershey bars? But, you know, <laughs> we, probably, we probably should do that for you just to, you know, promote your ministry coming. Um, but he has, they have a ministry in Costa Rica, I believe, uh, Philippines, and a Lebanon, right? And so, um, and we are supporters of their ministry. You are supporters of their ministry. You sow, as a church, we sow into their, uh, into their ministry. I know Harvest Bible Church kids, I think we gave to the Philippine uh, church kids one time, and we raised money for them. So we believe in their ministry, and you are going to be blessed this morning. I'll let him introduce Heidi, but let's give him a nice warm welcome this morning, Harvest Bible Church. Bless you, bless you. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Hello, everybody. What a great, great treat to be back here at Harvest Bible Church. I love you all so much, and wow, what a wonderful time together. And of course, I greet uh, Pastor Mark as well. And uh, my wonderful friend, like it's been said for many decades now, but uh, there's no one in the world to me like Pastor Mark. Always extending uh, the love of the Father, the joy of the Lord. He he is like a Mr. Enthusiastic Faith. You know what I mean? And uh, every time I'm with him, around him, or even talking on the phone, my heart is stirred. I, I'm lifted. And to me, that's what good preaching does. Good preaching shifts your thinking. Uh, good preaching gets you out of the, a worldview system and puts you in a kingdom of God 
dear son system, you know. And so Pastor Mark uh, does that and uh, Pamela, the whole team. Wasn't the worship magnificent today? Wow. Pamela, just wonderful. You're very gifted, anointed. Your whole team is and, of course, the whole church family. So I just want to say thank you for being planted in this place. Thank you for... uh, Uh, Letting your love uh, be released one to another. Our world uh, needs love, you know, and we need to know how to love one another. I found out I'm not very good at loving people. And I found out I'm not very good really at loving God. But when I learned to let God love me, I found out I was equipped for both. See, your love for the Father is just a reciprocal of you learning to be loved. We love him because... He first loved us. So until we learn that we're loved completely, completely, God loves us completely. There's no disappointment in the Father concerning you. None. None. God doesn't know you according to your flesh life. He knows you in Christ. Faith gets you out of yourself and puts you into himself. You are in him. Isn't that beautiful? And once you're in him and you take your place in that space, it's called grace. And when you're there... You can recalibrate how you think about him, about how you think about yourself, how you think about one another, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I'm glad to be here today. Thank you so much. I don't have a mission video today. Um, I don't have any uh, things like that to share, but I just want to give a quick testimony. I've just come back two weeks ago from the Middle East. My wonderful wife, by the way, Heidi's here. Heidi, would you stand and just wave to everybody? This is my... My beautiful wife, and uh, in about uh, three weeks, we celebrate 40 years of marriage. Isn't that wonderful? So the Lord, the Lord has been good to Heidi, loving me, hallelujah, by faith, all these years. But uh, God's been good to us. Heidi and I were actually uh, in the Middle East. We have this big campus that we bought many years ago. You all know about it. You were a part of it, really. We purchased for a million dollars. And uh, we have the Middle East Life Center, and it's absolutely amazing what God's doing uh, in that part of the world. Heidi and I were there two and a half years ago during COVID, and when COVID was announced, the whole world shut down. We were shut down in Lebanon. We got out kind of on the last day you could fly out and uh, came back, and then I hadn't been back uh, because of COVID. Uh, since two weeks ago, but I've just come back and uh, the place is upside down chaos, like the whole world, upside down chaos. In fact, when Heidi and I were there two and a half years ago, one U.S. dollar was worth 2,500, or no, 1,500, uh, 1,500 uh, Lebanese currency. Now, two weeks ago, it's one dollar to 40,000. So it lost over 90% of its value. And uh, everything is broken, no government. It's just, uh, it's just so disappointing in every way you look or try to analyze the world. But when you analyze through the lens of the Lamb of God, you see a beauty that's absolutely indescribable. We have over 300 Muslims being discipled every week now who put their faith in Jesus Christ at the Life Center. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, my leader said, Keith, we could, we could have a thousand Muslims a week being discipled here if we had leaders, if we had space. And they, they, they gave me <laughs> an architectural rendering of building, you know, like three more levels. Our, our campus is already like four levels high. It's, it's, it's a big campus. The sanctuary seats a thousand people. And, uh, but the joy of the Lord is in the revelation that people are learning the love of the Father. And that's the joy for you and me too. So all over the world, you all are making a difference just because you give to your local church. So those of you who bring a tithe, those of you who give offerings to your local church, you're not only making a tremendous impact here, but you're making a tremendous impact all over the world, and Heidi and I are an extension of your love and life. So thanks so much again for your kindness and your generosity to your local church. What I'd like to do this morning is uh, put something in your heart that's going to make you smile. It's going to fill your heart with such joy in believing. You know, there's a joy in believing. And sometimes it comes when we shift the way we think. Like it says in the book of Isaiah God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. 
usually when I get thinking on my normal routine of a day, I get thoughts that are pretty bizarre, huh? And the Lord has to quicken to me, Keith, this isn't, this isn't my approach. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. And then the Lord says, my ways aren't your ways. God has to interrupt our thinking, and he does that most times through preaching. Preaching can shift the way you think about something. And, and I want to tell you a story by, by, by doing a teaching. I'm going to call this teaching an invitation to everything you ever wanted. An invitation to everything you ever wanted. You know, we all have different things we want, right? Our grandkids, they give us the list now for Christmas of things they want. You know, they're online. They show us every little thing now, everything they want. We all have things we want. We have things we want for our personal life, for our financial life, for our mental life, for our health life, for our relational life, for our families, our kids, our, you know, we all have, we all have things we want. But sometimes God surprises us by not giving us what we want until he first establishes in us what we need. See, God wants to establish you in what he thinks you need so you're positioned to receive what you want. Let me explain what I mean by telling you a story in the Bible. This is found in a couple places. It's found in Mark's Gospel, chapter 2, and also uh, Matthew 9. But uh, I will be sharing a few verses. I'll do it from the New King James Version when I share verses. But um, let me just tell the story this morning. You can find it on your own a little later. You all know the story. Uh, Jesus was preaching. The living word was giving a word. And see, usually to change the way you think and to change what you do, you need a word. You need a word from the living word. Not just the letter of the law. You need a living spoken word that captures you in such a way to shift the way you think. And this is what true repentance is all about. See, some people always measure repentance by what you do. In other words, which way you're going. And in the Bible, the Old Testament word for repentance implies the change of direction, and that's good. My pastor, Will Strong, Pastor Mark used, knew, knew Pastor Will very well, and Pastor Will many years went to heaven, but uh, he would always give uh, the idea of repentance is you change your direction. And that's true in in the Hebrew definition of the word. But the Greek, the New Testament definition of the word is metanoia. And it's the change the way you think. You have to change the way you think, the thoughts God gives you, so the ways of God can be found. You can go in the ways of God. Remember, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. So repentance comes when you get a word that shifts your thinking. And if you can comply to the thinking of the Father, it can change what you're doing. It can change the way you're going. So an invitation to everything you ever wanted comes with a living word. So the Bible story says in Mark 2 that Jesus was in the house and was full of folks. They were crammed in because the living word was giving a word. He was preaching the word to them. And you know the story how the meeting was interrupted when, when people tore, you know, they, they tore a hole in the roof. It's kind of like in your uh, announcements today of the dinner. Tickets are sold out. No more invitations. But if you come through the roof, they're going to have to let you in. Hallelujah. (laughs) Here's the thing. The place was full. The place was full. And they tore a hole in the roof. And there was a man let down. He was born by four, right? You know, how many know the story? He was born by four. You can read it on your own. Check me out. He was born by four, and they let him down. He was paralyzed. See, this man really symbolizes you and me in one way or another. You know, paralyzed, where things just aren't working perfectly. Sometimes we feel paralyzed in our bodies, like this man was. Sometimes we're paralyzed in our thinking. We we can't think straight. We have things that hold our minds up. Sometimes we're paralyzed uh, in our social life. Sometimes we're paralyzed in our relationships. It's like in our marriages, there's just cold shoulders. There's no, there's no, there's no, it's paralyzed. You you don't know how to say 
what you want to say. You, you don't know how to do what you want to. How many understand what I'm talking about? We all have, we all have paralyzed points. So this man, to me, represents all of us to some degree. So Jesus, the living word, is giving a word. And the paralyzed man is let down. And it says, Jesus saw their faith. There is something that can capture the attention of Jesus. It's a believing heart. So everybody in that room knew what the man wanted. He wanted to be healed. But notice what Jesus did in the story. Jesus said, son, he included him. He called him his own. Son, be of good cheer. See, your happy place is when a word is coming your way. When the Father calls you his own. You're his beloved one. And you didn't have to qualify for it. You've been pre-approved for it through the work of the one Jesus Christ. Son, be of good cheer. And then he announced something. Preaching is announcing something to shift your thinking. Jesus said, your sins be forgiven you. Now let's pause in a story just for a moment because to me that's so odd. Everybody knew what he wanted, but Jesus didn't give him what he wanted. Jesus gave him what he needed. He needed the revelation that his sins have been forgiven. He needed the revelation of the finished work of Jesus. Now notice, this man did not ask for his sins to be forgiven. So this frustrates our theology. This man did not repent of his sins. This man did not confess his sins. This man was interrupted with a thought that the love of God is so extreme, it comes in a decree. Son, your sins... I've forgiven you. I love it. Jesus didn't give him what he wanted. Jesus gave him what he needed. Why? I believe that God needs to constantly establish us in the revelation of what he's done for us so our faith works. See, most Christian people don't always believe that the blood is continuously working. Most Christian people live with sin consciousness. Most Christian people live with guilt and shame and condemnation and they put on their best face to try to go before God as though they're qualifying. Listen, friend, you don't got to qualify for nothing. Hallelujah. You've been pre-approved for everything just because we have a love available in Christ Jesus that's beyond description. Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Now think about this. This guy now thinking something so different. He probably doesn't even know he's paralyzed. He's astonished with a realm called righteousness. Jesus imparted to him the gift of righteousness. Not a righteousness based on himself, the person. But a righteousness based on himself, the lamb. The gift of righteousness. There's no more condemnation. There's no more shame. But the key is, can you believe it? Can you believe God's that good? Or do you have to jump through so many hoops to make yourself feel confident in your confession? Or confident in your hoop jumping, you know? I've come to the place in my little life, I'm just intoxicated With the love of the Father. And you know what happens when I believe that I'm the righteousness of God? He begins to order everything else in my life because there's nothing holding my faith back and I'm in a position now to receive what I'm really after. See, a lot of times I've noticed people become chasers in the kingdom. It's like they're nervously trying to confess enough or do enough or be good enough to get the blessing they're after. But I've learned if I can just establish myself in the truth that my sins have been forgiven and my sins have been forgotten, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, that God 
sovereignly and supernaturally steps into my arena and orchestrates everything I need to provide what I'm really after. So notice after Jesus said, Son, your sins be forgiven you. It caused an argument at the party. It made religious people mad. They murmured. You know, it still makes people mad. You know, when you announce to people, your sins be forgiven you, it makes people really mad. It, it's, 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 it's a point of contention because everybody wants people to have to qualify. Huh? But Jesus didn't go about it that way. So Jesus addressed the contention. You can read it in the Bible. Mark 2, Matthew 9. Jesus said, what is easier for me to say? See, this is what the kingdom does. It's announcement. Preaching is, is announcing. It, preaching just isn't announcing from a pulpit stage area. Preaching is in our life when we release the truth of the word over somebody around us. Jesus said, what is easier for me to say? Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up, take up your bed, and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man, the Messiah Man, has power on this earth to forgive sins, I say to the paralyzed man, rise Take up your bed and walk. See, God gave him what he wanted only after he was establishing what he needed. You say, Keith, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you to relax. I'm trying to tell you, stop trying to fix yourself. I'm preaching good now. (laughs) Stop trying to fix your spouse. Just look straight ahead now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stop trying to fix your kids. Stop trying to fix your grandkids. Rest in the Father's love. And you know what? If you have an issue that's broken, if there's something paralyzed and deeply broken in you, don't just live chasing it. Tell the Father according to his word, what you believe you receive when you pray for. Call it good. And then after that, just establish yourself only in what he says you need. The revelation of righteousness. Do you know in my little life, throughout my day, throughout my night, I remind myself, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm clean. I'm pure. I'm holy. I'm blameless. And it's got nothing to do with me. It's gifted. It's the gift of righteousness. If you believe that, give the Lord a shout, somebody. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I was, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with Christian people because... I'm in the ministry, right? And, you know, I'm on different boards, different meetings, different things around, around the country, really, but, and in other nations, of course. But uh, I was in a meeting recently, and uh, it was a long meeting, like four hours, and they had like a coffee break. So I went to the, you know, we were around this big table, and I went to this other room to make a cup of coffee, just so I could stay awake for the rest of it. Hallelujah, huh? <laughs> and uh, I'm in there, and... I'm talking to somebody, and they're talking about what they need. It was sickness. And, oh, my numbers are this, my numbers are that. But I could tell just with the body language, and I could tell with the the verbal language, that he's chasing something he wants. When God just wanted to be established in what he needed. So I just talked with him a little bit. And I, I gave him a little secret that I want to give you at the end of my teaching this morning, okay? So remind me that I don't forget this because this 
is something that uh, so stirs my spirit. It stabilizes your life when everything's going wrong in the natural. In the natural. God wants you to be established in what you need before he grants you what you want because your faith will really function flawlessly in the realm of righteousness and in the realm of the love of the Father. Not your love necessarily for him, but just knowing his love is ever constant for you. Faith works by love. I always tell people it's the love of the Father that makes my faith work. That's why, you know, uh, I teach people now. Uh, Somebody saw me (laughs) before the service. They said they were here some years ago, you know, and uh, they had moved away some and come back. And and they said, I remember when your hair was brown. I said, no, hush, hush. Hallelujah. No, no. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we laughed and we're talking about the. But, you know, you, you find that in the seasons of life, you, you, you have a, a constant, and that's God's love for you. You are accepted in the place of the beloved, and so you have to learn to be loved. Yes. And each day becomes very important because this is the only place you can know you're righteous by faith. Not righteous by your good deeds or your efforts or you're going the right direction even. It's a righteousness by faith. And that's what helps you shift and change everything. So I love this story that Jesus gave the man what he wanted, but only after what he needed. And he solved the argument by saying, what I'm doing, telling people their sins are forgiven, or telling people to rise up and walk, is easy. It's easy peasy. You know, you think your issue is a big deal. You think you're unrescuable. You think your stronghold is too big of a stronghold. It's easy. If you can believe a simple announcement and shift your thinking. Change your thoughts to God's thoughts. I'm forgiven because he says I'm forgiven and it's based on his work, not my work. See, it's an astonishing thing. We'll just have the courage to swallow it and walk in it. See what the revelation of righteousness can do for you. Where you have no more uh, addiction to, to, to uh, your human frailty or your sin. You're only addicted to the righteousness of Jesus. You know, Jesus preached a powerful message in uh, Matthew 23. And it's to all the religious leaders. And he's kind of stern. He, I'm not going to take time to read the whole teaching, but... Remember, I'm teaching on an invitation to everything you ever wanted. And it comes by taking the invitation. Jesus gives it in this message. He's preaching to all these uh, religious do-gooders, you know. And these people who measured themselves based on themselves. People who, who thought they're so wonderful and so righteous, you know, according to themselves. But Jesus said it's all a bunch of nonsense, basically. He said, Jesus talked to them. He said, you're trying to fix yourself and heal yourself and deliver yourself. But he said, really, you're full of arrogance, he said. He said, you're full of self-sufficiency, is what he said. He said, you're full of hypocrisy. You're full of forms of religion. You're full of brokenness. You're full of sin. You say one thing and you do another. You load people up with burdens. This is what Jesus preached to religious people. He said, you like the approval of men. You like to be liked, huh? Doesn't that kind of paint a picture of our culture? Everybody likes to be liked. We post things to see if we can get a response, you know, whatever. You like the approval of men. You love the best seats. You love to be greeted and noticed, but you're really blind. Don't even know you're blind. You're a blind guy leading the blind. You don't even recognize it or see it. So then Jesus gives a solution. This is in Matthew 23. Verse 37, look at this. This is what Jesus says after they preach. Do we have that verse, Matthew 23, verse 37? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Here's the phrase I want you to hear. How often, everybody say, how often? often? I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but... You're not willing. What is the solution for the brokenness of everybody who is preaching to? One thing. 
to gather. An invitation to everything you ever wanted is gathering in Christ. This is the picture, the mama hen. Now, Pastor Mark would know I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little farm boy from the Midwest, so I, I, I raised pigs when I was a kid. My great ambition in life was to be a pig farmer. Hallelujah. And then Jesus set me free. Hallelujah. Uh, but I remember we had chickens and mama hens and the little chicks, you know, running around the yard and all, and, and uh, the, the little chicks just running to mama's hen. Afraid of, and mama drops the hen wings down, you know, and the, the little chick looks out through the lens of the, the hen wing. Huh? See, it's a picture of being in Christ. You're, you're, you're in Christ. You're, you're invited. The invitation to everything you ever wanted comes with a gathering. Come gather in me. Come find the truth about you and me. Come identify in me. Because if you don't identify in me, in our world today, you'll identify as anything. Hmm? And the world system will make you agree with whatever they identify with. Otherwise, you're a hater of this or that or the other, right? But no, in the kingdom, you identify in Christ. You gather in him. That's where your righteousness is secured. You're in him. I am in him. Notice what he said, but, 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 but you were not willing. Notice that Jesus doesn't give mandates. He doesn't mean, you know, world systems mandate things. Have you noticed? They mandate what you think, how you think. If you say something different, you're not heard. You're taken away. You're taken off. World systems mandate what you do, where you go, what you inject in your body. If you have a slightly different position in health, you're abused. You're taken away. Huh? They mandate. They take away your retirement. They take away your job. Right? They mandate. The kingdom does not mandate. The kingdom gives you an invitation to comply. If you don't want to be willing, you don't have to be willing. If you don't want to see yourself as the righteous, if you don't want to see yourself forgiven, go live. You're, you're free. Jesus gives you freedom. There's freedom in Christ for everyone. But the word has to be preached over people so people can comply. This is why preaching becomes so important. How can they hear without a preacher? This is why I like to preach. But I'm not just talking about my mission work all over the world, you know, in our campuses and teams. I'm talking about just in my daily life. For example, before Heidi and I, or before I went, Heidi wasn't with me in this trip, but before I went to the Middle East, I was in Amman, Jordan as well. They want us to start a life center in Amman, Jordan. And uh, so I was there. Then I was in Beirut, Lebanon. Before that, a week before that, I was in Costa Rica doing a graduation for one of our Bible schools. So I had to go to the bank because in Lebanon, I had to carry a lot of cash. They allow you to carry 10000 in, but I carried, I broke the law, okay? Because we need so much money there. And so I'm in the bank, the little bank we do our ministry business in, and all the people there know me. And they know I'm a preacher. Yeah, I think it makes people nervous. You know, if people know you're a preacher, they think you're like a nut. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so in this bank, you don't stand at the teller. You sit down in a chair, and they got, like, personal banking thing. And, and uh, so the, uh, I'm talking to this teller, and she's telling me all her problems, which the tellers do there. And I speak over their lives. Because they need a word from somebody carrying a word. Tell me your problem. I'll speak over it. I've got a countering point of view. I'll be glad to tell you the truth for you. It's in Christ. So she's telling me all of her stuff. And I was meditating on what I'm preaching to you this morning. So in the, she's talking about how the devil's just having a heyday with her and blah, blah, blah. All these things. And so I said, you know, the good news for you. And she looked at me. She said, what is it? I said, the good news for you is that your sins have been forgiven you. She looked at me because she wasn't talking about any sins. But I'm talking about something deeper. I'm talking about the revelation of righteousness. Because she can't get what she wants until she's established in what she needed. 
So I went on to explain to her about the revelation of righteousness. And I said, don't focus on nothing else. Don't focus on all the things you want. Only be established in the revelation of what you need. And what you need is the truth that your sins have been forgiven you for all time. Get comfortable with it. Get comfortable taking the invitation, coming into Christ, nestling there, seeing through the lens of Jesus. Whether you make sense of it or not is not the issue. It's the position of what you call your truth for this world and for your life. And so settle in Christ. Take your place in him like the verse talked about. And you'll see something so magnificent and something so powerful. Now, let me tell you why I told this to this teller. And why I'm preaching it too. Because you preach whether you're in the bank, the grocery store, the gas station, wherever. You've got a, you've got a word in you that you've gained through a song or gained through Pastor Mark's preaching. Or, you've got a word in you. You can say something. What is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you. You know, Jesus said, whosoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Huh? Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. Huh? That's what he said. Why not point people to Jesus and astonish them? Because you know what? Most people feel like they've got to jump through so many hoops and they've already done it 10 times or 20 times. They've already repented and repented and repented and they never get their victory. So why not just tell them the beauty of what Jesus has done and base our confidence strictly on Christ alone? So let me show you something. Are you ready for this? Now this... Let me set this up by saying this is, this is Keith Hershey's opinion. What I'm getting ready to say, okay? This isn't a thus saith the Lord. If I'm wrong, Pastor Mark will correct me next Sunday when I'm out of town. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, this is a cool thought. Now, the reason I want to teach this the way God's like quickened it to me is because it, it helps me make sense of the way Jesus dealt with the man in the story and not giving him what he wanted before he first gave him what he needed and why the revelation of righteousness is so important to you today in this hour, even to keep your joy, even not to be angry and ticked off and, and explode at whomever or whatever. You need, you need, you need a thought that shifts your thinking so your ways can be God's ways. How many want to hear this? Or should I preach next time I come? I'll come in four years again and we'll finish this. Let me show you. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. This is in the New King James Version. Romans chapter 8 verse 10. If we could get that verse up. Are you all having a good time? Yeah. Now just stick with me. This is just a Keith Hershey thought. Romans chapter 8 verse 10. I think we're going to get that verse on the screen. There it is. Okay, now follow along with me. Here's what it says. And if Christ is in you, let's pause. And if Christ is in you. How many believe that's good news? Christ in you, huh? The revelation of the new creation. Christ is in me. Okay? So Paul tells... The believers, he said, if Christ is in you, that's the good news, the body is dead because of sin. Let's pause. That's the bad news. This bugged me. If Christ is in me, the body is dead because of sin. What a bummer. If Christ is in me, the body is dead because of sin. Am I reading it right? Okay, now think with me. Your body is the house you're in, right? Like the lady told me, my house is getting older. Hallelujah. <laughs> she said, I'm, I got gray hair or less hair, but I'm still here. Hallelujah. But my body is just the house. My spirit and soul are in my body. I'm a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body, right? This body like your body, has an expiration date. Now, you can, you can prolong things. 
The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, that, you know, you can, uh, your, your spirit, soul, and body can be preserved. So there's a preservation possibility for your body. Blameless. Till, you know, some people want to live to be 120. Have at it. I mean, if that's what, what you want, good. Good for you, you know. Um, but, but here's the thing. Christ is in me. But even though Christ is in me, my body is dead because of sin. But not my sin. Don't go on a sin hunt when, you're, when your body malfunctions. Your body is dead because of Adam's sin. Okay? Your body is dead because of Adam's sin. When Adam sinned, we were spiritually dead and we physically began to die, right? And so our body has still the influence of Adam's sin. So if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit. Now, let's pause. The spirit is life because of righteousness. But the spirit, notice this capital S for Holy Spirit. Now, when the Bible was translated, there wasn't an upper and lower case. It wasn't case sensitive. Translators put in the upper case or the lower case. So this is the Keith Hershey thought. This isn't a thus saith the Lord. This is some thinking to help you understand why I'm preaching the way I'm preaching, okay? But the spirit, lowercase, this is what I want you to think about for a moment. But your human spirit, the Holy Spirit isn't life because of righteousness per se. The Holy Spirit is life because the Holy Spirit's God. Huh? But your human spirit comes alive with righteousness. Huh? Through the declaration of the knowledge that your sins are forgiven, you become a new creation. Huh? Your human spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, here's, here's my point. This man that's let down in the roof, who's paralyzed, representing Keith Hershey, I got, listen, if I, if I put up my family tree, you see a lot of brokenness. A lot, lot, of, lot of paralyzed points. In the Hershey genealogy, okay? It's, it's, it's broken. So the way I, I fix the brokenness that came through the sin of Adam, through the genealogy pool of the Hershey name, I, I take authority with faith in the righteousness of Jesus, receiving it. And my spirit, my human spirit, becomes full of life, comes alive because I'm righteous. When you can have a constant meditation and revelation of the reality of your righteousness, your spirit will work for you. But if you have sin consciousness, I'm no good. God, I'm such a loser. I can't do nothing right. This addiction's had me 43 years, and I thought I was delivered 17 times, and I'm still addicted. No, no, you're not. You're the righteousness. Of God in Christ. So now you have to side with the word that Jesus brings over you. That your sins are forgiven you. And when you, when you focus on the revelation of righteousness, your spirit and your soul will take authority over your body. Okay? Now when your spirit, which is righteous because of righteousness, and your mind believes it, your body has a better chance to comply. Okay? Your Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now the next verse. This is the verse you know. Verse 11. But if the spirit, this is capital S now, Holy Spirit, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells. If the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. Notice life comes to the mortal body, not the resurrected body. Do you know the body that you see today that Keith Hershey has? Isn't it handsome? Hallelujah. No. But you see, you see the body, Keith Hershey. This is my mortal body. My spirit is quickened. It quickens my mortal body. So I believe Jesus was teaching the man to be established in righteousness. Now here's what I told the man. Remember I told the story that I'd get back to? So I'm making my coffee and the man's telling me all his... And he's, he's, he's a giant. He's a giant in the faith. But I talked with him. I said, you know what, my friend? I said, maybe you just need to deep, take a deep breath. Stop looking at all the, the world system numbers and focus on one thing. 
that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. You've already told the Lord what you want. He knows that. Now, after you told the Lord what you want, which is your healing, just live in the reality of what he says you need. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. My sins have been forgiven. My sins have been forgotten forever. Now, I'll tell you a story. I had problems uh, a few years ago. When I became addicted to the love of the Father, it happened about 13 years ago. It shifted everything in the way I proclaim. I put all the pressure (laughs) on the work of the one. That's why I announce this news to everyone everywhere. Whether I'm in the Middle East with the Muslim community. Your sins have been forgiven you. Look at you like you're nuts. I love it. (laughs) Because I believe it. I have a word to counter your thinking about yourself. And you know what? Your spirit now is life through faith. Because of righteousness. And now the Holy Spirit is quickened to work. Uh, some years ago, I had many problems with my uh, shoulders. And I had like frozen shoulder and all kinds of things. And uh, I went to all kinds of sports doctor specialists and chiropractors. And I spent a ton of money. And that always bugs me when I spend a ton of money. Do I hear a hearty amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> and so in the midst of my mess... The Lord quickened me one day just while being loved. He said, I don't want you to give any more thought to what you need or what you want. I just want you to focus on the revelation that you're the righteousness of God in me. Now, this is before I had this teaching. But, you know, for many, many days, that I never, I never asked God again for anything about my shoulders. Never went to any more doctors And uh, I just began to let God love me. And that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Do you know what? One day I found I had full movement without even trying. That I got fully healed and I didn't know the exact moment when I got healed. That I could go golf and I guarantee I can beat Pastor Mark Butler. Hallelujah, huh? (laughs) Listen. And I know he's not here to refute that, so I'm going to say it again. Hallelujah. I know that was the gospel. Praise the Lord. But this is the beautiful thing. About the love of God. So I just want you to know God loves you that deeply and that much. And the spirit of Jesus, he'll quicken your mortal body. One more verse, then I'm going to quit. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. Are you all glad you came today? Ephesians 1, verse 6. Hallelujah. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted. You, you never made yourself accepted. You didn't repent good enough to make yourself rep- uh, accepted. You didn't conf- You're accepted because there's a decree over your life through the one who did it all. He made you accepted in where? The beloved. And this is the word I use to teach people how to be loved. I think that's the beauty of the Christian faith is knowing that Jesus gives us such a revelation of his righteousness that we can personally partake of. It's amazing. The next verse, verse 7. In him, it's in Christ, you know, gathering. That's the invitation to everything you ever want. It's in him. You gather, you gather, you gather, you gather. How often would I gather? How often would I gather? You know, every time you screw up, I hope you think of one thought. I hope you think of the good shepherd just speaking in your brokenness and pain and in your stupidity. How often would I just gather you? Just come on in. Stop beating yourself over the head. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hide in me. Rest in me. You're secure in me. You're forgiven in me. You're blessed in me. And if you can keep your thinking shifted enough his way to his thoughts, you'll walk in his ways. Every time you're not walking in his ways, don't, don't beat yourself up too much. Just come on back. Hide in him. Understand you're the righteousness of God in Christ. But there's no condemnation. None. None. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I don't care if you were the stupidest of the stupidest 30 seconds ago. See, do you believe that kind of love exists? It does. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to how much you repent. No. According to the riches of his grace. 
And it has nothing to do with unmerited favor. So I don't know why you try so hard to earn it. You got no skin in the game. How much God loves you. Did you like the word today? Lift your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. Father, these, these are your precious ones, Father. We just lift our hands and, or put your hands over your heart. However you're comfortable, just, do, just be at peace. Be who you are. You don't have to dance. You don't have to shout. You don't have to do nothing. You can just be still and know he's God. And he speaks over your life today that you're blessed. He speaks over your life that he's going to give you what you want. But first, he wants you established in what you need. And you need the constant revelation that you're the righteousness of God. I want to tell you this from the bottom of my heart, whether you believe it or not. If you keep saying it to yourself, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. But this is the gospel truth. That God loves you. And he loves you as you are. And God loves you completely. You're not a disappointment to the Father. You're his son. You're his daughter. You're his child. Be comfortable with his worldview. Be comfortable with his thoughts. And you'll grow in the comfort of his ways. Don't worry about trying. It'll just flow as you're loved by the Father. He'll fix you fully. But he wants to speak to you the revelation that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. So you're positioned to gain everything you're really after. And he's going to surprise you like he always surprises me. He always surprises me with supply, with blessing, goodness. And all I do is rest in the revelation and the righteousness of God in Christ. And so are you. So are you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, I'm not going to call you up, but I would like to just rejoice with you. If when I announce to you your sins are forgiven you because of the blood of Jesus, because of the cross of Calvary, he took your sin so he would give you his righteousness. But if this morning you say, Keith, I really... I really want to be a believer. I want to change my thoughts. I want to change my ways. And it starts with believing, Keith. I, I, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand up real quick and put it down so I can see? Anybody at all? We're all family. Hallelujah. Father, these are your beautiful kids. I speak wholeness and health over their families. I speak wholeness and health over their physical bodies. Give them the best December they've ever had. Father, we just pray for our whole nation. We pray for our whole world. God, we're not going to be addicted to this world system. We're going to be addicted to the kingdom of God's dear son. So we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for great grace in our lives. Thank you for healing and wholeness and blessing in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Can you do that? Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much. I want to turn the service back. But before I do, let me just say real quick, Heidi and I would love to shake your hand or give you a hug, whatever you're comfortable with, give you a fist bump, bam, bam, whatever, outside or out in the lobby. Uh, I brought a couple of books. I brought a gift. Everybody say gift. This is a teaching I did a couple years ago called Gift Wrapped. Sometimes when you see a a box, it's all broken up in the shipping. We think we're broken because of life's journey. But when it's wrapped, you find you have a whole different worldview of that box or that gift. It's gift wrapped. Jesus is the gift and Jesus wraps us. We're gift wrapped. It's God's view of you in Christ. This is free. Everybody say free. Free. Okay, there's no, no strings attached of any kind. If you want one in the back there, if I run out, I'll send more to the church. So 
We have plenty of I like this book. Use it as just a little thought, a little devotional. And speaking of devotionals, this is new for the month of December. It's 31 Christmas devotionals. Each day it'll take you about four minutes. It's got a very, very, it's by my son, who's a pastor, and he's smarter than his dad. He's, he's more scholarly. He's a better teacher than I am. I'm just a simple gospel preacher. But this guy's he, he'll, he'll bring out revelation of the incarnation that you just sit back and say, you've got to be kidding me. It's awesome, okay? All the books are discounted. This is $10. There's a book back there that he wrote on relationships, uh, God, marriage, sex, divorce, singleness, remarriage, friendship, love. And it's all about God marrying us. It's very, very beautiful, heartwarming. That's uh, $10 as well. And then a book I wrote called Beloved, um, or Beloved, Finding the Place Where You Belong. That's half price as well. It's only $10. So those are back there, but this is free. Make sure you stop there and get something. God bless you all. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful message this morning. I don't know if you were in the Sunday school class this morning, but man, it just, you think we would have had notes together. It was just so complimentary. I love when the Holy Spirit does that. And, um, but, oh, it's just to, to know who you are in Christ, to know that you're beloved. And I do encourage you to get his books. I'm excited. I'm going to run back there myself. I'm going to make you all wait, and I'll run back there. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'll be nice. Um, uh, but anyway, be, get, be sure to get his resources. And I'm excited about that. So can they use that book as, um, like, to give somebody to know Christ and the, the wrapped one? That's, that's awesome. We might have to order more of those. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Well, we want to give into their ministry this morning. If you've been, you know, like my husband always says, you know, why do we do this at the end? Because, you know, you've been fed and um, we don't pay for the meal to after we're done. And if the meal was good this morning, I tell you, we want to we want to um, really bless the man of God and the woman of God this morning in their ministry and and the work that they're doing. I tell you, the Ministering to Muslims, you know, that's one thing that they don't know about their, you know, in Islam, you know, their God is a lot of things, but he's not, he's not a God of love. And so you can see why God definitely raised up the Hershey ministry to take that into Muslim countries to share the love of God because they just can't concept. That's not a concept that they have. He's a God of love. And so what, how, how beautiful. And we get the privilege to help send him. Amen. So please give generously. Um, if you're thinking about giving a certain number, double it up. You know, <laughs> I learned that from, from going to Rama. Double it up, you know, and uh, let's just really bless them. Let's just show them that we believe in their ministry because they are serving uh, in these countries that you and I don't want to go to. They want to go, you know, to these countries and, um, you know, you may, you may not be able to go. We all have to stay in this country, but they can. So we want to be sure to just sow a big, uh, you know, uh, offering into their ministry. So um, if you are ready to give, you can also give online. I believe it says guest speaker on there. Um, and then their envelopes. There's also, if you want to designate to the guest speaker, all of this will go to our guest speaker this morning. It will not come to Harvest Bible Church, but if you're writing a check, be sure to write it to Harvest Bible Church, and then we will um, designate all this to the Hershey Ministry and uh, Mutual Faith. All right, you ready to pray for it? I always I want to pray for our seed. Father, we thank you so much for Keith and Heidi. God, thank you for their love. God, just the love that he has for you, the revelation that you've given him of how beloved that they are. And, and God, it's that love that draws us. It's that love that changes us. There's nothing that makes us more beautiful than the love of God. And, and we thank you for that ministry, that message that you've put within their hearts and within their mouths and every way they're, everywhere they go. And so we sow into them this morning. And we pray, God, you know every, every need financially that they have, everything, God, that um, even the ministries um, internationally, the, the things that they want to do and accomplish. God, I just thank you that you will just meet and supply all of that financial need 
And God, that they would, they would even be able to expand. God, just give them an expansion. And Lord, we do pray that you would send laborers into the harvest field. God, I just was moved by what he said, that if they had more leadership, they could reach more Muslims for Christ. God, I pray that you'd move upon the hearts of send laborers into the field, God, that they would go and bring in the harvest that is so ripe. God, people are ready to hear about Jesus Christ. And, and God, we just, um, we just pray that you would do that. And so we sow just so excitingly into their ministry this morning and bless them, give them traveling mercies as they go back home. And, and uh, we just love you and we honor you. And everybody said, amen. You may receive the offering this morning. Amen. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Amen. So we have Christmas dinner coming up. I'll just kind of have a little chat chat here. Christmas dinner is going to be so much fun this Friday. If you hopefully you got a ticket. If not, Keith Hershey just inspired us to open the roofs and let you down. <laughs> Don't come see Miss Pam. I'm a big softy. You know, I, I will sneak you in and Pastor Mark and Leticia will kill me. But, you know, I said, you know, we could put tables on the platform. Why not? So I mean, you know, hey, <laughs> I like the roof idea. But um, it's going to be exciting. I hired some Victorian Dickens Christmas singers in full costume, and they sing beautifully, and they're going to um, be coming and singing for, for us. And of course, all you ladies that are going to be decorating tables, it's always fun to see um, your creativity. You know, I always, my favorite was one was um, when Sean and Greg did the Star Wars, and they had... I think they had a, was it a manger that was 3D floating or hovering or something? It was so cool. I mean, that was the one man table we did. So come on, men, you got some creative genes in there. Um, but it was, it was so fun. And um, so that'll be this Friday. And um, we'll have also an area for you to take pictures um, with the Victorian singers if you would like to. And um, so, and we'll, of course, sing and everything. So were you blessed this morning? Amen. Well, you all, I'm going to close in prayer real quickly, and then uh, I'm going to send you out the door. Father, thank you for, for Harvest Bible Church. Thank you for all these beautiful people. We thank you for the word that's sown. I know the enemy would love to come and steal the seed sown, but we just, we God, we cover it. We just thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it in faith deep into our hearts, deep into our spirits, that it's going to bear much fruit. And God, we're going to walk out of here changed with a new, our, our thinking's going to be changed. God, I thank Thank you for that revelation, that word this morning. We don't change our actions. We change the way we think, and then our actions will follow. We thank you for that, Father. Bless these people. Thank you for health. Thank you for just all this week at work and whatever they're doing. They are blessed until we see each other on Wednesday. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Be blessed. We'll see you Wednesday.